Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 2021, how we miss you. Not really. (laughs) Is that that what I wanted to say? No, No, that's not what I wanted to say. Hi, folks. Welcome to the H2O Podcast. I am Timothy Harvey. And I am Jason Hunt. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, 2021. Yeah. <clears throat> that said, there was a lot of good genre programming, whether it's TV or film or podcasts or publishing. Um there's a lot of good stuff that came out in 2021. Maybe it was the audience was ready for a lot of this stuff being, you know, pandemic times. Um, there was some not great stuff, to be sure, but there was a lot of quality content out there for us. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff I actually liked. <laughs> Uh, uh, Douglas says Blade Runner is now set in the past. No androids or flying cars yet. And you know, I, 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 I sit there and, and I look at this and the, the, um, the thought of the flying cars and the Jetsons and the, you know, the jet packs and, and everything else. The older I get, and I've said this in a couple of different places, the older I get, the more comfortable I am with the absence of flying cars and jetpacks and and fancy technology. I would be perfectly fine if we never, ever got to that point because we have so much now on the technology side of things that's just squeaky. Is that a can I can I use that word? So as someone who used to drive professionally for a living, the concept of flying cars uh-huh. is just a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah. It is a disastrous idea. People can't drive on a level flat surface, yeah. let alone, you know, it's uh, trust me, this is one of those things where you want con to be thinking two-dimensionally because <laughs> right you start now so so folks if you're not aware and you've mentioned it a few times of course we're in kansas city and the i-35 that runs from the south to the north yes which i had to drive along quite a bit on repeatedly uh, every day for my pathology carrier gig um it's where Kansas City's worst drivers come to play. <laughs> and yeah. the idea that so many of these people could be above me? Uh, no. Well, no. 4, 4, 435 loop is, is the same kind of thing. I mean, oh, yeah, but, but, but I-35 I, I was, is a particularly fresh slice of hell. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, you know, yeah... Robert, the 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 jetpacks for the Royal Marines. That's that's different. Um, I because, saw that. A, it, 
it's not commercially available for like the average person, which I think it should it should not be. No, I I agree on that. I think I saw be cool, somebody but... somebody was commenting on that and said that it is probably uh, much more difficult to actually do it than it looks. Right. Because right, so you're it steering... requires incredible yeah. upper body strength. Yeah. And the guys who do it are like, I mean, they, the, I saw a, I saw a guy online talking about, he said he had a chance to do it as he was at a, one of these things where they were promoting it and, and talking it up and he got a chance to do it. And he said, it was really, really hard. Um, I can so, I mean, which is good because you want people to be trained to use these things, right? Yeah, you want right. Them to be, <laughs> I mean, can we, I, I accept that driverless cars will eventually be a thing. And and I even accept the argument why they should be. Because if you can get them to behave the way they're supposed to, it removes that pesky fact that humans are often really crappy drivers. Um, we're not there yet. And we've had plenty of evidence that we're not there yet. But. Well, did you see, um, oh, there was a story last week, uh, and I, and I don't have it right in front of me. Um, oh, here it is. Yeah. It's, a. apparently, uh, somebody over in, uh, I'm not sure where this happened, but somebody apparently hacked a number of Tesla cars, Tesla self-driving oh, yeah. cars. And I thought, you know what? I, I, it's just one more reason why we don't need these because oh, oh, it's I, just I, one more thing that can go wrong because an algorithm somehow gets sideways wonky and, you know, it's oh, just, there's, they're, it's they're, they're crazy. buggy is all hell right now. And, but the, the thing that would also has to bear in mind is that, your cars had a computer in it for a while. Um, in fact, even cars that are more than 10 years old have had some kind of computer in them. Um, yeah, but it's... They're, it, they're hackable now. They're hackable now, but it's a little bit different level than... Oh, than no question. Driving, you know, the whole car driving itself. And I... I'm oh, yeah. Like, I mean, you have to... The security, the security thing on this is going to be the... Uh, uh, one of the major components that has to be really hammered out. I, I mean, like I said, it's gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just gonna. Yeah. Um, Douglas has a question. Know, has the blue the blue mug that uh, you have is that Genesis of the Daleks? He's asking. Is that what that mug? It is. is it is just Dalek in general. So it's the schematic of the Dalek. So I can uh, examine the various parts and degrees yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, Robert says, think of the I, murder potential of a drunk hacker who could cause a smash up on I-95. I mean, oh, I no kidding. No kidding. I'm no kidding. Like yeah, I said, there's, there's the, uh, let, let alone the fact that you've got to get the systems to run in a way where they will recognize pedestrians all the time, which is an issue. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, it's an important <laughs> one, by the way. I've been to New York, folks. Uh, if you've tried crossing the street in, the, in New York City, you are very aware that the cars don't stop so much as they 
kind of slow down yeah. to not run you over. You got to be <laughs> fleet of foot and, and sharp of, of mind when crossing the street in a city like New York and a lot of other cities. It's hardly the only one. Yeah. Um, but the idea that you'd have like, you know, uh, uh, taxis that are driverless and having difficulty I, identifying pedestrians i don't issue. know i don't know which uh which i would have more of a concern about uh driverless cars or or johnny 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 cab cars you know like you remember from total recall you had uh robert ricardo playing the robot that was driving the taxi cab mm-hmm. i don't know which one would be more concerning let's say i tell you what i would like okay this is in in my in if, if tim was allowed to you know develop the sci-fi urban planning yes this is not a good idea folks i have an art degree i mean come on um so you make the you you increase the mass transit you get you reduce the number of cars you increase the mass transit yeah. train systems things like that that stuff you automate because it's running on a track. Yeah, and people are not likely to be walking on the track. Right. And you that that's where you put your AI stuff, and that's where you put your, you know, <clears throat> you do that sort of stuff because it's a lot easier to control. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to 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 remove the those dangerous variables like, you know, people. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> reduce uh, them anyway because i mean you know yeah. come back to the hacking stuff it's it's gonna happen and what it's what's gonna happen you know they'll figure out a way to make it work and part of me loves the fact that at 51 almost 52 um i've gotten to get this far in the future that i've got a computer in my pocket um you know i'm i've got two very po- pretty powerful computers here on my desk but i've got a you know a cell phone. I mean, this is like sorcery stuff for when, you know, when you was born in 1970. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot to be excited about, but at the same time, you know, you, there's always the human factor and, I see, and, and I people just, are, I just don't get excited about it anymore. Uh, Robert says driverless cars are inevitable. They don't have to not kill you. They just have to kill about the same as humans and tell the government is good for global warming. Uh, yeah, it's uh, so. <laughs> see, I know you have to I'm, kill less. You just have to kill less. Well, yeah, you have to kill the same as it needs to be a smaller number of, of deaths. But there's there's also that you know you talk about you know, we're we're 51 years old and and this is this is where the technology is and. I don't know that I'm looking forward to it because the, the I, for whatever you might think about as far as the whole Skynet Google thing, we have abdicated so much of our processes to algorithms. And I think... Oh. Well, yeah. I think it's a I think it's going to be it's going to be one of those things that comes around to bite us. Oh sure. And that's that's I, the thing that's the thing with every major technical advance is 
the trick is to not ignore the downsides yeah. and to try and do something about them or not wait until it's too late to do something about them. Yeah. Um, and, and, and just as a minor example, how many phone numbers do you remember? That's a good point. Because and, you just and, you just hit a button and, and dial or and that's text. And on one hand, that's great. That's fantastic. You can you can you can hit store all this information and, and, and do all these things. At the same time, um, if you had to call a friend mm -hmm. and you're and you couldn't access your address book, your your, your phone address book. What do you do? Could you remember their number? Yeah. I I can remember my parents' phone number. It's the same one I've had pretty much since 1976. Uh, it's stuck <laughs> in my brain. I can remember. Um, oh, there's a, uh, a pizza shuttle in Manhattan, Kansas, seven seven six five five seven seven, because they had the world's most <laughs> annoying jingle, and it lodged. You know, eight six oh, sure. seven five three zero nine. I mean, yep. you know. Yep. You could, the, the, but that's re that's repetition, and and that's how we learn. Yeah. A lot of us learn just through repetition alone. I and so I can still know. I can still remember my phone number, my home phone number from when I was a kid. Uh, but my parents' phone number now, because Dallas changed from two one four to split. Now Dallas proper is two one four. And the surrounding suburbs now are now 972. So all sure. of the phone numbers change at one point. And I had their phone number memorized, but I talked to my, my parents through my mother's phone more than I do calling the home phone, which is just mm. the way it works out. And I had it memorized. And I had Mindy's phone memorized until she changed it mm -hmm. because she, she had a California number and now not. So now I've got to I've got to rememorize some of those. But you're right; it's it's one of those things where, you know, the paranoid person in me <clears throat> looks at all of this, and you know, the coming apocalypse and and whatnot, and the and the collapse of civilization and everything else. And let's say that the net the the internet goes down, and you have to you have to rely on your wits, and you don't have access to that. What do you do? You know, whose whose phone number do you know? Who can you call? Uh, hope to, you to, hope <laughs> you have someone that you know who's over forty. <laughs> yeah, right, right. All right, maybe not even over forty. So, oh, so so my kid is going to be thirty-two this year. So I'm I'm what? five years. Thirty-two. Welcome to the world, kids. I I, 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 I keep young, but. Um, so, but, but, but think about it. Wait, what happened to 19? What happened to What happened five? to 19? <laughs> Wait a minute. Five. Hold they, on. They grow up. It's last... really scary. Oh. How old, how old is your kid? He's going to be 20 next week. I know. Uh -huh. I know. I know. So, I know. so anyway, so before, before, you know, before we go, oh God, we're old. No, um, the, the, the thing is, is that, you know, they grew up in a world where cable was just a thing. Where the internet was, by the time they were old enough to do anything with it, it was a thing. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a real thing. It wasn't like the '90s where it was a thing, but right, um, or even up to 2005, where it was a thing, but I mean, we forget how quickly this stuff has moved. So, 
so yeah, I mean, you know, it's it it would when the if the great apocalypse comes, <laughs> and there are days when I I say bring it, just okay, give me whatever it is I, for the um, but, for the record. Let me just say if. If the if civilization collapses and Kansas City falls victim to riots all over everywhere, it won't. It won't. But you'll know, say that it does. You're, you're closer. Be like, you're closer to ground zero than I am. So no, because it'll be downtown yeah. and it'll be the plaza where any of this stuff happens. And and I'm nowhere near either. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, 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 yes, yes. OK, so last night uh, on Twitch. We did a watch party uh, and we watched war games. Uh, Curtis was with us for a while. He's over on the apocalypse now with you guys. And right. we were going through the menu of the different you were going through the catalog of different titles that were available for watch parties because the Princess Bride was supposed to be there and then it was there. And then it wasn't there. So, so war games. Right. But in our search, we ran across this movie, Lamageddon. I kid you not. Oh, this sure. is in the catalog. So I don't know. Maybe at some point, I don't know. We might have to pre-screen that one, but maybe at some point we watch Lamageddon for a watch party. You should see if Food of the Gods is on there. No, no, no. Not Food of the Gods. Food of the Gods 2. <laughs> uh, because it is a sequel um that is so bad uh i actually saw it in the theater um and it came out in the i want to say it came out in the 80s and i think it was some of my high school friends and we went to see it and it is it is one of those films that is so abysmally terrible Mm -hmm. that part of you is laughing and part of you is just like okay i could actually be doing other things with my time Douglas Sachs, so. is it worse than Highlander 2? I I've never I've never heard of Highlander 2. Is this a thing? As far as you're aware, there's only one Highlander film? As far as I know, there's only one Highlander. Did they made a sequel to Highlander? <laughs> so the one th- the one thing I will say about the sequels to Highlander. Wait, sequels watch, plural? <laughs> if you watch Highland, if you watch Highland, the first Highlander and then you watch Highlander 3. Back to back, Highlander three gets better. Uh, okay, it's not I good. Will, I will, I will concede that point because, because it's a, it, it, two it has, has nothing to do with any of it. Yeah, it is a direct sequel to the to the first film, and it continues the storyline, not particularly great in its no. continuation of the storyline, but at least it. Prize. And that's of, of all the sequels to the to the first Highlander, you could sit there and go, well, at least Highlander 3 tried. Yeah. Douglas says I mean, Mario Van Peebles rocks in Highlander 3. He is clearly having a good time. <laughs> and that's, I mean, I don't own it. Yeah. But I've also, it, it when it came out, I was like, I don't hate this movie. I don't particularly, you know, it's not great, but I'm, I don't hate it the way because, yeah. folks, I actually saw Highlander: The Source. Well, and the other thing too is, is you talk about owning the movie when when civilization does collapse, you need to have physical media. You need to have these things on DVD. You need to have books, books in your library. You need to have the actual 
physical copies of this stuff because otherwise it'll disappear. Um, I've got I've I, everyone who has complained about helping me move and move my vast <laughs> pile of books change their tune. Of course, most of it's fiction, so yeah. at least they'll be entertained in, well, the, in the dying embers of, you of, know, I've of got, civilization. I've still got boxes that have books in them because I don't have a I don't have a shelf to put them. I've got to go and right, and right. get uh, I got to go get some more bookshelves. I got a birthday coming uh, up. There you go, <laughs> Mary, Mary, um Yes. I think that uh, I would disagree with you about the quest for peace, everyone having fun, but I'm glad you got that impression from it. And I hope that people had more fun than I think they had. I think in that particular instance, you had, you had a cast. Well, Chris Reeve especially was fully invested in the story and what we got on screen the edited final whatever probably was not what they had intended going into it. Oh, good Lord, no. And when they were shooting it, they were expecting to do a thing. And when it finally is finished and done, it's not quite the thing that they expected it to be. So I can can see where Mazers would get the impression that they were all in because they were thinking they were making one movie and they ended up making another one. I tell you what, there are bad films that I love just because people are having a good time. And yeah. you can tell they're having a good time. Yeah, and Mazur says, I have the I have the Blu-ray deleted scenes betray a very different film. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah. I uh I think that I think that there's all kinds of what enjoying a movie enjoying a tv show enjoying a book or a comic or anything whatever it is whatever it is you you are however you're consuming your entertainment mm. it's such a personal thing and and i think that there's this there's this movement over the last decade maybe and it's it was it's not unique to that but this idea of fandoms as these like monolithic things that all have to agree with each other is I'm sorry, folks, I usually try and say this sort of thing, but it's dumb. (laughs) It's dumb. And it's not dumb because the people are dumb. It's dumb because they're made up of people. And, and I'm telling you guys, there are folks out there who love Spock's brain. They Mm. love that episode. (laughs) It makes them happy when they watch it. And that's great. Sure. And, and I, but will I would turn sum- it off. Yeah, but I would submit to you that the people who like Spock's brain are probably of an age where if you sat there and said, I don't like Spock's brain, I think it's dumb, they would not, they would not call down hellfire and brimstone and try to get you fired from your job we, and get you have, shot by the SWAT team and, and that we kind of We have thing. more than once mentioned that I think that the internet and social media is not a thing that we right. are using well. No, we, uh, we are not. And I would submit to you that you don't fully you don't fully realize just how bad it's gotten because you haven't been on it in the last four years. You've admitted well, as much. and 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 you think this is a reason for me to get back on? <laughs> oh no, 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 no. But 
your casual dismissal of some of the things that I've been seeing sometimes is like, you know, it's only because he I, doesn't know. <laughs> terribly, I don't, I don't, I don't have use for for this kind of behavior. I know, I know. <laughs> I, don't, it's, anyway, I, don't, I don't, I don't care who it's coming from. I just, I don't, I don't care for it. So, so all, I mean, all I, of that precursor to our topic. <laughs> which, way which just, now we, here we are, twenty six minutes. Yeah, yeah, no uh, so, uh, so twenty twenty one, because we were talking about you know last week we were talking about new 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 year resolutions and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And one of the things that um, that I've been thinking about, and this kind of goes to what we've been talking about, is to try to avoid being on the being on the social media as much as I was in 2021 because not necessarily from the standpoint of oh this this all of this makes me angry you know it's, it, it, there is there is an element of that but it's a distraction from trying to get oh, yeah. anything else done and mm-hmm. it's a double edged sword for me because I use social media to promote the shows, to promote the channel, to promote the website and all of this other stuff. And I also use it to pull in news articles from various different sources because I've got email, I've got newsletters and all that. But there's a lot of stuff that runs through the Twitter feeds and the Facebook posts. And and every now and again, I'll see something over on Instagram that's that's a news item or whatever. So I have to pay attention to it to a certain extent. I'm kind of obligated because that's what the job calls for. Right. But it's something that I think needs a little bit more structure in my day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, okay, let's just set it aside. Just put it over here for just this little bit and go do something else. So, Well, and I, and I think that, I mean, there's there's something to be said for going down the rabbit hole for this thing or that thing and the, and, and the internet is great for doing that and there's nothing wrong with that there's times when really you know you can uh, you can have a lot of fun going down the rabbit hole and finding cool things um, I have been going down on social media going down this whole um, spice Dow thing NFT oh yeah dune dune. Oh, that I saw you. T- I I saw you mention mention that. Yeah, it's a, what a dumb it's, idea. It is. Uh, we can we can talk about we can talk. I tell you what, let's talk. Let's let's talk about that in an upcoming episode because yes, there's let's. more. There's there's this stuff unfolding. Short version, folks. Um, some people, some people with a lot of money, primarily one guy, but he wasn't the only person who contributed to the money. Spent one hundred times. 100 times the value of a book and apparently seem to think that now that they own this book, they can (laughs) make an adaptation of Jodorowsky's Dune and spinoff materials. And they're wrong um, because that's not how the world (laughs) works at all. Um, And um, the book is available for free online. You know what we ought to do? This one, this this topic actually, because um, I've got we've got um, um, Richard Hogue, who is a, a copyright lawyer. He's been he's been doing a number of videos on the whole Activision Blizzard thing and the 
and the lawsuit between Epic Games and, and Apple. Well, we probably ought to just have him on it. We do this as a as a topic for Live from the Bunker. The three of us can sit and talk about about what exactly somebody has bought with this NFT and and what they think they have versus what they actually have. Oh well, so 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 here's the thing: is at the end, I haven't even got into the NFT part of this nonsense. Oh yeah, because they're gonna burn the book, which is just idiotic. It, it's it's a it, this is a stunt that's going to go completely sideways on, I'm sure. As as more than one person, again, we'll we'll get into this in more detail another time. But as more than one person has has put up, this is a great PR stunt, but not for these people. No. It's a great way to drive attention to legendary pictures and Warner Brothers who have the rights. <laughs> what if what nice if it's job, you what it's all what if it's all hand wavy? What if it's all oh, just it's, a, a stunt? <laughs> it's not. I, I mean, I, if it was if, if it was a stunt, it would actually be clever. Yeah. This is just people being dumb. Yeah. I'm sorry, folks. NFTs are a Right-click JPEG. I'm sorry. All they are. <laughs> sorry. Anyway, or, well, okay. or TIFF. That's another, that's you can save it time. as a TIFF. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. And it's not even that. It's a bit of code that says you own Yeah, the you don't thing. actually have the thing. I uh, uh, Peter Samedi from, from Alterna Comics, he was posting about it the other day. He said, you know what? If I'm going to spend money for artwork... I'd rather just pay an artist and get the artwork. I mean, well, if, if and, money is going again, to exchange hands anyway. Well, and, and again, we'll get into this in more detail, but they, this is terrible for artists. I'm, I'm very aware yeah. that there are a lot of there are people right now who are making money because of uh, artists who are making money because of NFT sales. But there's a, a huge number, especially of, of smaller artists, folks who are, who are just starting out or have a limited you know, footprint out in the world. This is really dangerous for them and they're this is hurting them. So yeah. it's another again topic for another time. And and as somebody again, a, that art degree thing, <laughs> I mean, I I follow the art world a little bit. Not as much as I, I, I could, but I this is this is a bad thing. Yeah. This yeah. is a bad thing for art. All right. We're gonna anyway. take a, a real quick break and when we get back twenty twenty one in <laughs> review Halfway Maybe. into our show, <laughs> we will be Maybe back we'll get there. right after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. Remember, no matter where you go, there you are. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Hi, everyone. Jason Hyde here. I'm the editor at Sci-Fi For Me, inviting you to join me for real talk about the issues of the day, plus in-depth conversations with creators and experts in and around the science fiction, fantasy, and horror genres. We're live from the bunker Monday through Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 Central, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV, delivering the multiverse since 2009. Foreign Bodies, Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Back on the H2O podcast, Jason Hunt here along with Timothy Harvey. Hello, hello. So, shall we 
actually talk about 2021 or do, have we have we just been avoiding it? <laughs> well, I, I, there's there's a lot actually. I really liked in 2021. Yeah, um, what? Well, in terms of entertainment, there was you know there was there was actually quite a bit of of good. So so interestingly enough, 2021 was the year that Hollywood kind of got nostalgia right. They've been getting it wrong for a long time. And you and I have talked about this before. Uh-huh. How, how, how nostalgia, we get, we understand it. We're guilty, guilty of having it. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a thing that everybody has. But Hollywood has had a really bad track record of going, ooh, let's make a sequel or remake to a thing without understanding the thing right. or the audience for the thing. And I'm a horror film fan. I have, mm. I can give you, a dozen sequels that are examples of this. Yeah. And yet this year or this last year, um, they've actually gotten some things right when it comes to nostalgia. And the idea is, is that what I see, what I think has happened is that they have looked at these things that, that we love and they love. And they said, but I'm not, 12 anymore and i'm not mm-hmm. or i'm not 18 anymore i'm not 20 anymore i'm not 25 i'm 50 or i'm 60 or i'm 38 or whatever they whatever the age of the, the people working on these projects are yeah. they say okay but wait a minute i'm not that person who am i now and what does that mean what does that mean so you get something like ghostbusters afterlife where the world has has passed has gone on and we're all aware of a world where social media, the internet, whatever, the news cycle is so fast. There was a giant volcanic explosion in the last few days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not the headlines everywhere right now. The shockwave hit the east coast of the U.S. and moved through the Midwest, folks. This, but it's not. It's not a headline. It's not a big headline. It's out. If you could find it on news sites, but so the 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 news cycle moves so fast. The idea that the Ghostbusters spoiler alert, since the trailer gave it away, um, that the Ghostbusters are forgotten in Ghostbusters Afterlife, it rings true to an audience because we see how that happens. Yeah, and there's so much that it's, it's such a it's such a film about the past and the present that it really works. And then, and then you and I have both really uh, talked about why we like, and I see Douglas there. Um, we both liked matrix revolution uh, resurrections and why we think it actually does that kind of thing where it looks at the past, it looks at the present. And it also has some commentary about how Hollywood makes movies in there, uh-huh. which was consider, considering the, the the filmmaker involved, it's like I think I think that upon sober reflection and multiple viewing, I think the world at large and the and, and the critic the criticarati are going to come around to our way of thinking on Matrix Resurrections. I think the longer it goes through uh, people are going to realize that it is uh, it is something 
that actually is what we think it is. Not only that, not only that, but the fact that it has not done particularly well in box office, which is a shame. Yeah. But the fact that it it didn't means the odds of there being a Matrix Five are lessened, which is what Bukowski wants. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. I I think it is. I don't want to make it a sequel. Another I one. I think it's a deliberate. Uh, it's a deliberate move to reduce the chances of another Matrix movie. While, but, while still making a, something that is, I found, I found to be very entertaining and is yeah. a satisfying story. <clears throat> the thing is, the problem is, is, is enough of us are going to talk about what was actually going on that Warner Brothers is going to be is going to be on to everyone that was involved. It's it's going to be one of those you. things where you're not going to get yeah. away with it. We're going to make another sequel anyway. On the other hand, somebody at somebody at Warner Brothers is going to sit there and go, "Yeah, but look at the box office numbers," and that'll be the fight, right? Between well, that'll the be the like, guy yeah, that gets but... thrown out the window, you know, in the cartoon. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. kidding. Uh, it didn't uh, but, sell but, any tickets. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I think you get and you get and you get a you get. The the gap of time in between Candyman three and and this year's last year's Candyman yeah, and then you get a film which honestly it's it's in my I I have not done like a ranking of my favorite horror films in a long time or like my top ten my top twenty anything like that but it's it's in the upper end hmm. um I th I thought it I thought it was very well done. And as somebody who is a fan of the first two, I'm not a fan of Candyman 3. Sorry, guys. Um, Candyman 3 fans, I'm, I hope you enjoy the film. It, I felt <laughs> they had kind of forgotten what they were doing. Um, but I thought it was a very worthy sequel. And the great thing was, is they set it in the same place. And again, we come back to looking at the nostalgia, the way making nostalgia work. Cabrini Green when the first film came out is a very different world than Cabrini green now. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they played with that in the film, that they actually leaned into to, to looking at how the, the two physical locations you're in that are the same physical space are so different between these two stories, these two stories dealing with this, with, with Candyman. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Um, I think it's an excellent film. Um, if you haven't seen it, I encourage you to check it out. Um, but, and then we, we have sort of a misfire last year, the second of the three Halloween films from this current trilogy. I think the second one was not as good. It's, I had some issues with it. Um, then the, then the first of these, but again, they're, they're dealing with, you've got, You've got Lori Stroud back, but she's a grandmother. Mm -hmm. they, they're, they're, they're looking at this stuff and going, the world moves on. How does the horror in these stories move on? How does the, how does the world... I mean, one of the things I loved about Matrix Resurrections was the fact that, okay, you've saved the world. Now what? Yeah. And they give you an answer. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and you know, it's it's 
not just not just the nostalgia factor of things. I mean, you look at the success of Spider-Man No Way Home, but you know, we were talking about earlier the the jetpack and the flying cars and and all this kind of thing, you know. And I mentioned we mentioned SpaceX and you've got William Shatner going up in Blue Origin and and that happened this year. Um which was really interesting to see because yes, it's a stunt. Yes, it's a publicity thing, but seeing Shatner's reaction when he got back down on the ground and for for all that everybody likes to to do the Shatner impressions and the and the you know the way he performs and that kind of thing, you see this man he's he's in his eighties. And he's just reduced, he's just gobsmacked at what he's just experienced. And you could could just tell that was pure, raw, emotional Bill. That wasn't, that wasn't William Shatner, the actor. It was, it was just this guy who just had this phenomenal, amazing experience that he's never going to have again. And he's never going to forget it. Sure. But you have those people now that are advocates. I mean, Alan Shepard's daughter just went up, I think, in the last one with uh, with Michael Strahan. You know, these people are going to sit there and, and, and talk about. And now we're seeing the beginning of commercial space flight. And I don't know that anybody's really quite realized just the line that we've just crossed. So interestingly enough, if you go back to Heinlein, and Harriman, the millionaire, millionaire, billionaire, who was yep. a driving force. And while I am, I have my issues with Elon Musk. Sorry, again, folks, I know he's got a lot of fans. Uh, I, I can't claim to be one of them. Um, the fact that some of the stuff that he's getting done, I mean, it's, it, for a long time, it was completely impractical. For most, for most of, of the modern spaceflight era, yeah. since we were putting people into space, the idea of a company doing that simply not simply not a possibility. It just wasn't going to happen. We are at that point where, I mean, to some degree, you know, sure, you know. It happened a lot earlier in Heinlein, and it happened a lot earlier in Clark. I mean, 2001 has come and gone, folks. Yeah. 2010 has also come and gone. 2063 is coming up. <laughs> We're still not at Jupiter. Um, although, although we're getting some, we're getting some missions that are going out to places like Europa. So, I mean, this stuff that this is, of course, they'll land and there'll be issues, but. You know, that's how that goes. Um, well, Mazur says here, I, I wanted to believe Shatner was acting when he landed, but when you think about how his reactions these days to things are such dull surprise, it's very telling how emotional he became in that moment. Uh, Robert's a little more cynical. He says, William Shatner will forget about it in a year or two, three or four at the outside. I don't think he will. I don't think he'll forget because that's that's a that's a big hit there are things there, there are things in your life you don't forget you don't forget when your kid is born you don't get 
the first time the first time you've been on a plane. Um, the in, when I was thirty and I flew overseas. Yeah. And you know, the the first time I walked down a street in Edinburgh, Scotland, at three o'clock in the morning. And here's this here's the capital of a country that feels like a small town. Mm-hmm. It's and, and I was and not your perfect. country. And not my country, and I felt perfectly safe walking down the streets of of Edinburgh. And this this was not a very bright thing to do, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I felt perfectly safe at, yeah. at, at three o'clock in the morning. I probably, you know, I'm, I'm sure I wasn't. Um, I, now I wouldn't do that in London because oh, yeah. London. I loved London. London was an amazing city to visit. I want to go back. But I tell you what, London has been. There's been a city where London is for like. A thousand years, and guess what, folks? London doesn't care about you. Yeah. You when you're gone, London will still be there. <laughs> oh. Douglas says, "I think there was a '90s Outer Limits that was about commercial space flight." I don't. I, I you know, I, really it wouldn't surprise that. me. Um, it, but I, but I think that I think that you end up with with the the future didn't happen as fast as anybody thought it was going to happen, but it definitely happens. Yeah. Well, and to think we went from what sixty sixty six years from the first airplane flight to landing on the moon, and now we're reduced to cat videos and TikTok answers. Admittedly, and, we had two. I think we've taken wars. a few steps back. The sad thing is, the sad thing is, is how much of both of the, the those that technological drive was driven by two world wars. Well, there's that. I hate I hate to say it because I don't like the war thing. It's bad, um, but it also is an incredible driver of technological progress, usually for bad reasons. But the benefits after, well, yeah, but and, you know, there's a there's an argument to be made, and, and that's one of the reasons why there are people who think that we should expand the space program because of the technological advancements that have come out of oh, that. Sure. Absolutely, without the war element that of would it. be nice and, I, you know, I you know what i would i would love to see us put more money into into you know, nasa that would be great yeah well even even the commercial right side your, of thing even if it was right just, your senator you know, kids yeah nasa or spacex or blue origin or virgin galactic or whoever else because eventually they're all going to be out there right right and you know but uh, you, you you unless you're on the board of many of those companies, write your senator, write your representative, encourage them, you know, look, they're supposed to listen to you. um, (laughs) Oh, you naive little man, you. I said supposed to. Didn't say, I I believe they would. All right, I do, but because because we have burned through so much time, I do want to sit there and and touch on a few shows. Obviously, um, we mentioned Dune, and the NFT thing. Yeah. Dune the movie came out. In oh, yes. Yes. And I absolutely loved it. I it was such it. an impressive piece of work. I, I my my hats off to, to Denny Villeneuve and all of that, all of that crew. It's just. I, I, I going into it. I wasn't sure. But all of the all of the marketing material that we had, all the trailers that we saw, and everything, it was like, okay, I'm, 
I'm optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic. How are you going to do it, this? But, it makes you nervous because you're looking yeah. at it going, I th- this looks so good. And I think, I think, I, I think this is, it feels like maybe this is a, this is a good adaptation. Yeah. And that makes you nervous because part, part you might of me, get your hopes up. Yeah. Part of me was, was feeling optimistic because of Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> Which because I liked very much. I did too. I looked at it and I thought visually this feels exactly i mean it's like ridley scott's aesthetic with modern technology so okay you've got a better camera this time and it really does feel like it's in that same universe and i thought okay i i'm i'm on board with with villeneuve doing dune now keep my trust you know (laughs) Well, and and that's a real concern because as somebody who really liked like it chapter one, go back a few years, yeah, which I thought really was a an excellent adaptation. I mean, a, a really well well conceived, well cast, well performed, great child act, children actors, um, really tense and disturbing. And then what unfortunately was a disappointing sequel. Um, I mean, it's still it's still it's not a bad movie in uh-huh. chapter two, but especially when you compare it to the first one, it's like, okay, whoa, what happened? That's that, that is now my concern just because I know how this works sometimes, not because I th- don't think Villeneuve can pull it off. Right. I have, he, this is someone who's been making visually impressive movies with solid stories for a little while now. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got the track record, and yeah, he's going to have a misstep here and there. I hope it's not the second Dune film, um, <laughs> but you know, um, I'm I'm really very I'm really very uh, uh, I, I'm I, dangerously close to being excited, which yeah. is always a which is always a. I think out of out of everybody like that's that. that's making films right now, that out of out of the names that you would recognize. I think besides Villeneuve, Christopher Nolan might be the other one that I think could handle the material. But I don't know that he'd do it justice. There's a little too much, and and this is a weird thing to say considering Villeneuve can do this too. And and part of that is, is, is the strength of his aesthetic. But there's almost something too mannerly to nolan's work yeah too much about it's well, no it's not mannerly it's too much about the technique yeah i can and see that's, that and that's it's... Not, that's not that's not that's not a slam it's just for for dune i think it would be too much about the technique yeah um and uh Mazurus, okay scott's prometheus and scott's covenant both films have interesting ideas. This is this is a topic I want to, I we could come back to because various times it's been popping up with with Doctor Who and Doctor Who popping up in the comments. Yeah. Um. And and this is this is what I've been thinking about this because of course we've had we've had the last full season of of Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Who. We've got we had the, the New Year's special, then we got two more specials, and. And I have finally figured out, I finally got my brain around all the things that I think are good and bad 
about this particular period of Doctor Who. And there are things that I do like, and there are things that I don't. No. And there I have short version, and again, this is a different topic for another day. Um, short version is sometimes letting the fan run the show is a bad idea. And I'll tell you why, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> okay? Because that's, a, because that's a long, that's a long discussion and especially i think that it's it's not it's a complicated one at least for me because there are i have seen a lot of bad original doctor who and that's just time and writing and technology yeah and it's obvious that chibnall is in love with original series doctor who and that's good and bad. Well, we'll have and to figure like a, out. That's a discussion for another day. Yeah. Well, we'll have to figure out how to revive Tartar Sauce because I'd like to see that show come back. I think it's. it's well, I think that I think that the, the problem with yeah. Tartar Sauce right now is that because we have so little actual TV content, mm -hmm. um, I think I think if we get Tartar Sauce in, in 2022, it'll be as like a special here and there. We can do that. Um, and um, but when when the show comes back in 2023, um, when it's on a more regular schedule, um, we will we may have to look, we'll look at something more regular. But I think that there's some interesting discussions to be had, especially after this last season. I think really with with Chibnall's uh, um, flux thing, yeah, is his his series. Again, another day, but he has a lot of strengths as a series writer. And I say series, I mean something like Broadchurch, right? It's got a beginning and a middle and an end. Right. It's actually got not one that, arc the whole way through and that's it. At the same time, you still have to stick the landing. Yeah. You have to have, when you get to the end of your thing, you have to have a resolution that addresses all the things. And I had two episodes of Flux where I sat there and went, are you, are we finally in the space where, oh, okay. So I had two episodes <laughs> and then, and then, you know, the cracks start to show. And I think it's, like I said, it's a discussion to be had as someone who is a, a fan of both the new series, but is an old school fan too. Right. This is where, you know, I got my love of Doctor Who. Right. And I think I, I may have figured out at least a way to look at what Chibnall was trying to do versus what he actually pulled off and there's some i think some we'll, we'll put a pin in that yeah put a pin in that i think it, it turns out to be i mean I, it's real easy it's real easy to say i hate this thing yeah and it's, it's real easy to say i love this thing but i also want to i get tired so tired and again social we come back to social media again um <laughs> there are so many people out there who seem to just not enjoy anything you know funny you should mention that because that was the topic of today's life of the bunker where i was talking about angry fandoms it's like, I, what, there's so much energy being spent on disliking a thing yeah. and i'm like okay you know 
maybe maybe it's because we actually spend so much time looking at things and saying why does this work and why does it not why you know is and and we made stuff ourselves mm-hmm. and we know that good intentions and final results don't equal the same thing right so uh, you know i, I mean I don't know. it's i don't have the energy to be angry <laughs> about media about you know right yeah movies and tvs and books i just don't yeah it's it's like like i was saying this this morning you know there are plenty of other things that call for anger and your entertainment is is not necessarily one of them so it's okay to stop watching things folks it's okay to (laughs) and it's okay to like things other people don't like i mean it's just this is how it works okay Douglas says social media is a weapon of skynet uh, yeah. yeah, social media yeah. is so, kind of so, no question. Okay, I'm going to burn through a qu- few more of these. Okay, yeah, yep. I really liked Loki. I was very entertained. Yeah. It it made me smile, and I appreciated what they were trying to do. Okay, and quite frankly, that's what I wanted out of that. Um, and Tom Hiddleston is fun to watch. I I liked the concept, and I um I was as somebody. As somebody who's a theater guy, I mean, uh, that's how I got my start getting involved with performing and, and, and writing and things like that. I really loved the fact that they basically gave Jonathan Majors to like, have a monologue and go nuts. It was so <laughs> theatrical. It, I laughed a lot and I was like, this is clever and you don't see it very often. Yeah. And I thought that, and he, and he had the skill set to pull it off in my opinion. Evil, if you're not follow, if you if I know it's on Paramount, I Plus, haven't watched that one. So Evil is a very clever horror show, mm-hmm. and I think it's an interesting mix of of a skeptic character, a deeply religious character, and a tech guy. In and and of course, it's got uh, one of my favorite villains uh, uh, uh linus from uh, um lost oh no what's his name um the name is going completely out of my head uh but it is it is a very clever and creepy tv show mm. um if you get a chance to watch it i highly encourage you if you like horror tv uh raised by wolves uh that was i think that was 2020 the new season is coming out um, it was it 2021, uh, uh, but it was really good. I don't too. know. I think it, I think it was 2020. Uh, it was really good, and and I'm looking forward to the new season. Um, I, as much as I hated to see both of these come to an end, Michael Emerson. Lucifer, Michael Emerson is the name you're looking for. Uh, thank you, Mike. Yes, Michael Emerson. He's he's always fun to watch, uh, and he's he's so deliciously just. I mean, evil. He's he's evil. Um, uh, Lucifer coming to an end was a shame, but they went out on a strong note. Uh, and the expanse, uh, it, the fact that we got three more seasons of the expanse than we expected to get when sci-fi canceled it, right, is a big win because it was the best science fiction on TV every year it was on. That's not to knock the other science fiction that's out there. It's just that good. Mm. I mean, it was, it set the bar really high. Yeah. Um, because not only was it cool science fiction, it was science fiction where they sat there and went, 
okay, how does the physics of this work? Right. I remember you talking about that when it when it first came out, and then when it when it was on the bubble, as it were. The um, physics on that show is so good. Even even when they get into crazy stuff like alien tech and things like that, that is not really the it's it's a driving part of the plot, but we don't get that much of it in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, the physics of space travel and the physics of space battle, the best space battles. Gonna get, I'm gonna get hit for this one. This is the one people are gonna get angry about. It has the best space battles, period. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they sit there and go, Okay, how would this really work? And it's yeah. it's stuff that it's it's not lasers and 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 hyperspace, it's it's this is this is how a bullet in space moves, right. There, it's just, I mean, it's, it's glorious. Similar, stuff. similar to that, you've got um, the Honor Harrington books, mm-hmm. uh, military science fiction. One of one of them that yep. came out uh, in October to end in fire. I just finished reading it. I've got to write a review. Um, but that's that's another one of those series of stories where the physics. I mean, yes, they have hyperspace ish. They they've mm-hmm. got that technology. But when it comes to space battles, they're firing missiles and lasers and they're millions of kilometers away and they take 12 minutes to get there and 20 minutes to get there. The physics of it are actually in that. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And and they they take their time. And it's and it's clear that David Weber has thought this out. Okay, well, if I fire a missile from this distance and it's going this fast, how long is it going to take to actually get there? And and mm-hmm. it's not the, it's not the, the you know the pew pew phasers that you know instantly connects with your target. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things, and I, and I need to catch up because I haven't seen the Expanse yet. It's it's on my list of things to watch. It is of uh, of the shows, it. and I and I've got my own set. Uh, so there, I haven't, I haven't watched foundation yet. And I feel bad about that because I actually really want to, I'm I'm very curious to see what they've done with it. I know, I know the risks of adapting. So we've, we've talked about this before. Adapting stuff is hard. Yeah. And I've heard, I've had friends of mine who have really, really liked it. And so I'm like, okay, I'm, I I want to sit down and, and watch it. And I just haven't done it yet. Um, I haven't seen this season of what we do in the shadows. I haven't seen this season of. Um, oh no, just do a blank. It'll come back to me. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot I haven't, I haven't had a chance to see. Um, and, and yet what I did see coming out of, of 2021 was a lot of it was really strong. Yeah. Um, there is, um, if you have not seen, I can find my little list here. Um, there's a couple of horror films that are, are, on the less exposed side of things. Some of them are worth checking out. I thought Antlers, um, which is based on a uh, horror short story that actually was, has been online. So it's not quite a creepypasta, but it's, um, uh, it's f- fiction that's out there and set free in the world. Yeah. Um, and uh, I want to say Del- Guillermo del Toro was a producer on it. 
I thought it was think, interesting. So. It's Carrie yeah. Russell. Carrie Russell's in it. Oh, okay. Right. Um, and I thought that that was actually really, really interesting. I'm not sure the ending quite works, but I didn't hate it. Didn't um, Psycho Gorman come out this year? Psycho Gorman's on that <laughs> list too, because yes, it came out in 2021. And Psycho Gorman, if again, we we have some episodes up on 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 Sci-Fi for Me that you should definitely check out. Um, they're on here on the YouTube channel. Um, but Psycho Gorman is a genuinely just joy to watch. Um, it's so it was legitimately a fun, fun movie, mm-hmm. and and it's clearly made by mm-hmm. someone who loves horror and science fiction and there's so many great practical effects in that film um and it's do yourself a favor (laughs) if you like to laugh and you and you don't mind copious amounts of ridiculous gore and and just a, a cheerful a cheerful sense of yes i realize this is inappropriate i'm gonna do it anyway yeah um and yet with yet surprisingly good natured it's a it's a it's a really well crafted intentional b movie and it's so well done when do you think you would be ready for a rewatch on the expanse because at this point at least for now it is available for watch parties on twitch oh that's a good question i have to figure that out um the the thing is is that we actually need we have some time because unfortunately there are, it is the end of the expanses run there right. uh, cu- currently. Um, and they got through the first six books in the series. There are three more books in the series. Um, but there's also a time jump between book six and book seven, a 30 year time jump in the books. So we got a little time. Theoretically, um, because there's already talk about movies oh, okay. coming out of the expanse. Now, this is all just preliminary discussions, yeah. and the the two guys who are who make up uh, uh, S. A. Corey, the the writer, the writer, the two writers of the expanse, have dropped some interesting hints, and then they look right at you and go, "But is it a hint?" Am I am I messing with you or am I not? You just don't know. But they're they're worth reading. Um, and they've got new series. They have. Uh, if you haven't read the books, I encourage you to do so. Uh, listen to the audiobooks. They're they're great narrations. But they also have. They're also doing a new trilogy that is a brand new set of stories that they're universe. doing. It's not not related to the expanse. I, I'm really excited to see what they come up with next. Yeah. Um, in the Earth, coming out of of. Uh, horror films in 2021 it was a kind of ecological horror it's mm-hmm. very but it's also very personal i think it's an, i think it's an interesting film it but it's it's one of those films where atmosphere is yeah. a large part of it um i didn't find it particularly scary but i found it i found the atmosphere really interesting and, and disturbing which is always good again I, I'm, a, I'm a tough audience for horror films there just isn't much that actually scares me yeah um, I I found myself not really motivated to watch a whole lot in 2021. I I watched older stuff. I didn't mm-hmm. really. I mean, I still haven't seen Black Widow or Shang Chi or The Eternals. 
So, um, oh, oh, well, just, okay. And I would say the three of them, the three Marvel films that came out, Shang-Chi is the best. Yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I James it a lot really of liked it. Um, I think that um, uh, Black Widow should have come out six years ago. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and a- actually, the weaknesses in Black Widow would have fit in the Marvel release schedule better. Um with the other films around it six years ago. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the movie. There's a lot to be entertained with, but it's not their strongest film. Um, and I really appreciated what they tried to do with Eternals. I don't think Eternals needed to be a mini series. It needed to be a mm. six episode series. Yeah. Well, they and the other tried- problem you have with the Eternals is that they tried it already with Inhumans and it didn't work on television. And I, well, and I know so, it's not the same group. Right. But, but it, 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 to some degree, it has the same problem. The Eternals are a lesser, and, and there's nothing wrong with this. I'm glad, I'm glad Marvel tried. The Eternals are a lesser known superhero group in the comic series anyway. Yeah. Um, and there's a really neat uh, Eternal series going on that Marvel is currently publishing that I really like. I'm really enjoying it. But they they gave a big idea to a director who's used to handling weighty themes and then they made her squish it into a marvel mold mm. and however you feel about wandavision and Fal- uh, uh, falcon and winter soldier and loki they had the space to breathe and i think eternals would have been a it would have it's not a bad movie. I know some people don't don't like it, and that's fine. I kind of liked it, but yeah, it also felt like wow. Um, we're we're moving on now. We're we're but that thing that just we're not gonna okay. I guess we're not gonna talk about that. Um, so yeah, it, it rushed and overstepped in a film that didn't. It wasn't a rushed film. It's, yeah. It it ended up being weird. So anyway, yeah, Wanda, WandaVision, you, WandaVision, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier for me were okay. I I liked WandaVision of the three shows. I probably enjoyed Loki the most. It's in terms of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think WandaVision probably had the most interesting writing until the end. That last well, episode where she just leaves and uh, I'm going to let you in a little secret consequences here, you know? here folks. And yeah, I, and I know we're going into to Dr. Strange too. And she's going to be the villain, but well, and that's, and that's, that's, that's part of Marvel's problem right now. Yeah. And, and it's, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to link these things up in new and interesting ways. Right, <coughs> which is great. I, as a, as a, as a writer, I'm like interesting, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do the thing. As a viewer, I'm like, but wait. <laughs> <laughs> as a as a horror film fan, though, I'm probably a little more receptive to some of the experiments they're doing with endings because horror films have been programmed for a long time to get to the end of the movie. And then suddenly, but is it over? Yeah. For good and for ill. Uh, I just I just finished watching. I've just binged Archive eighty one. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, I'm a fan of the podcast and the TV show came out on Netflix. And it's all out, all the episodes are out. And it's it's got a ending that you're like, yeah, okay. I, I, I know what you're doing because I've listened to the podcast. I know how the podcast is. Um, but it's it's the kind of thing where you're like, yeah, okay, get it. I'm on board. Tell me when the tell me when season two is coming out. Yeah. Uh, if D- there's a season two, Douglas mentions a Doctor Who film. A couple of the things happened this year. We've got Sony buying into Bad Wolf, possibly. I don't know if that deal has gone through yet. But now it raises that question of whether or not a possibility exists now for Sony to make Doctor Who movies. Potentially. I think that, I think the BBC is, BBC has its own set of issues right now. Yeah. I think, um, I think and, they're scrambling and, for some stuff. Well, I think there's, there's the media land, the media landscape keeps changing yeah. and it evolves for good and for ill. And the BBC of course has that interesting structure of having, you know, being supported by essentially attacks. Um, and whether or not that's feasible in, in, in the environment of the UK right now. Um, that's a good question. That may go away. Um, but, but that supports a lot of their, their programming costs. And, and so the fact that as much as it's like, but BBC is Dr. Who's home. Part of me is like, yeah, this is the company that, this is the home that kicked them out into the cold. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, I've, I've enjoyed a lot of great BBC programming over the, over the decades. Uh-huh. And, I, and I have a fondness for that. But I also don't think that Doctor Who needs to be with the BBC. Yeah, it doesn't have to be there. And quite frankly, if the BBC isn't smart enough to hold on to a profit generating thing like doctor who has been for them. Yeah. Um, then. Well, and given, given what Sony has just done with ghostbusters afterlife, and you talk about the nostalgia factor and, and we're going to get further deep in the weeds on nostalgia next week. But the, the idea of Sony running doctor who doesn't make me as nervous now as I might have been, but it's still it's still too oh, early no, for I, me to, to So so a big studio a big studio running Doctor Who makes me nervous. A production company like Bad Wolf running Doctor Who for Sony yeah. doesn't make me as nervous. Um but look, again, <laughs> old school fan. I remember the wilderness years. Yeah. There is only so much I can get upset about with Doctor Who because I remember when there wasn't any. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I and, get it. I get it. Um. So so at the same time, but I mean, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you know there's not reason to be concerned. But the thing is, is that it's like all of the other big franchises: Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, Battlestar Galactic is coming back. Yeah. You know, all these different things. There, there is always going to be somebody who wants to try and tell new stories in that world. And as fans, we can be confident that someone's always going to try and bring us new stories in that world. 
whether or not we're going to enjoy them is another story. Right. There's always going to be somebody out there who's going to try and make new Star Wars, new Star Trek, new Doctor Who, new... The, these these franchises have legs. Yeah. They're not going away. The thing that change. Yeah, the thing the thing I guess the big <laughs> the big twenty twenty one news about about Doctor Who with that regard was 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 Davies coming back. Oh yeah, I mean there was there was of course uh, <clears throat> the official you know the official announcement that Chibnall and and Jody were leaving. Um, to the three year thing was sure not be- not much had, of a surprise there has become an expectation, which is just ridiculous. I mean, it's like, I get it, but it's like, it's going to, it's going to make news. If it's somebody stays for four years, it's like, (laughs) why is this important? Um, But uh, yeah, well, it is big news. I mean, and I think one of the strengths of that um, is that, Davies didn't just do Doctor Who. He kept making interesting TV going forward. Mm-hmm. He's he has gone on. I mean, what three, three or four successful series? I think three since he left Doctor Who. Yeah. So it's not like he's you know he hasn't just been he's not coasting on Doctor Who cred here. He's proven himself to be making interesting new shows, which is why. A lot of the actors from his like last two series are the ones people are like, "Ooh, are they going to cast this person as the next Doctor?" Because because you've seen these folks that he's written for, these really talented actors, and they're like, "Yeah, I can see that." Yeah, and you're like, "Well, they know, you know, you know, you work. They work well with Davies. She works well with Davies. He works well with Davies." And he's like, "Okay, guys, take a breath." Yeah, he has. He said he has announced they haven't even started casting yet. That's, of course, he could be lying. He's a showrunner. Uh, well, he's he's yeah. a Doctor Who showrunner. I mean, he's not Moffat, though. So how much? How much does he actually lie? Uh, let's see. Um, you didn't have to. <laughs> you didn't have to be Moffat for them to do it to us on Spider-Man, did they? Well, that's true. That's true. But Mo- every, see, Moffitt. the thing about it is, though, with Andrew, with Andrew Garfield lying all the time, everybody knew that's what he was doing. Everybody knew he was making, he was just making noise. Yeah, but the thing was that you knew, you knew that that Moffat was doing it too, because he would look right at you and he would be staring at you with a face that says, "I dare you to believe me." Yeah. <laughs> you know that the, was his, that was his. He did it. He did it in a cheerful and. E- deliberately evil manner. Yes, yes. It was now, on purpose. The the other one, the other one that was kind of a weird thing coming back that has people wondering if it's coming back was Stargate, because we have those two yep. those two script readings, those table reads that the cast did with those scripts written by an AI. And Brad Wright is still out there talking about bringing Stargate back mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form. And there was I didn't see the I didn't see the thing because it was behind a paywall and everything. You had to subscribe to this thing. But one of the things right. that came out of it, I saw a clip they were talking about. Um, apparently, this A.I. wrote a line for Samantha Carter that Amanda Tapping just fell in love with, and she's just all over herself on this line. And Brad Wright has said, okay, I will promise you that you will get to say that line in the next thing. And, you know, they keep they keep talking as if there's another Stargate 
somewhere, whether it's a series or a movie or something, I, I'm perfectly hey, fine with more Stargate, uh, and, and not, I know for a long time, Roland Emmerich and, and Dean Demmer were talking about it, but I, I'm, there were supposed to be what two more direct to video, direct yeah. to, to TV movies that that didn't the, happen. Yeah, from the, the SG one stuff. Yeah. Um, well, there were the, there uh, was a couple of things because uh, uh, Emmerich Emmerich was talking about doing another sequel with Kurt Russell that was a direct sequel from the first one that completely ignored the TV show. Mm-hmm. And that never that never happened. That fell apart and didn't and didn't materialize. And so now the TV stuff is pretty much the only the only other option that we've got. And it's got such a track record. And if if Brad Wright manages to pull this off and we get another Stargate with a budget. Right. Because the the web series didn't have one. They did their best. But, you know. It is what it is. And, right. and, and, you know, who knows? Maybe, can you imagine? Can you imagine a Stargate shot in the volume? There was somebody, I want to say, somebody was saying that they, they really wanted to see Doctor Who shot in the volume, too. Because um, you could come up with all sorts oh, of yeah. new environments and planets. Oh, yeah. You'd have Stargate on a planet that didn't look like Vancouver. Oh, I know. You can Although, have Doctor Who have, that's not in a least, not in the quarry. At least one season, once a season, you have to have a Vancouver planet. Well, to. sure, you have to. You have it's to just have tradition. One. Yeah. Um, well, and and I think that one of the things that that they got right over Doctor Who for the last several years is the visual quality of the show. They did a they, the technology leaped, and we had a, a neat the show. The show has kept up with the visual technology yeah. um, pretty well all the way from, from when it came back to now um, using, using the visual, making a visual texture for the show that looks really pretty good. Um, even, even on the, the tighter budget than they have than say a lot of American shows. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I mean the, the, that leap in technology, that ability to, to do that 360 thing that great environment yeah. um and 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 the, and the uh, fact that it's in camera you know yeah, it's is, there and the camera sees it and there's well, depth I, and there's the, the way the light plays and everything it's just it's fascinating technology every now and again uh every now and again i'll, I'll there's a couple of different uh, VX, vfx youtube discussion things right there's people yeah. who sit there talking about it. good good special effects and bad special effects and and one of the things that they talk about all over and over and over again is when it comes to green screen and blue, blue screen and matte is the lighting mm-hmm. and how yep. the lighting, if the lighting looks the same between the fake thing and the real thing, even if it's not aging well, you like it better than the shiny new thing and the light doesn't match your, uh, your, your brain enjoys it better. Yeah. Um, and it's true. It's just true. It's, oh, Hey, uh, uh, the, the trailer, the trailer for moon Knight is out. Have, I you, know. have you seen it? That's yeah. Yeah. So the, the you series, have? the series that the current moon Knight series, um, uh, because moon Knight has had 
some short mini series and a couple, I think two long, longer running series. I'm not sure if that's right. The current Moon Knight series, again, folks, if you're a, if you're a comic book fan and, and you want to see what they're doing in the comic, the current Moon Knight series is actually really good. Um, it's different. It's different than you think it's going to be, mm -hmm. which I was like, okay, all right. So uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna be the TV show though. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that. Robert says uh, uh, watching Lake Changing. I, I'm I'm probably watching that on Saturday. There's a fantastic American documentary about it on YouTube called Chosen Reservoir or something close. I'm not I'm not familiar with with that uh, that particular topic. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think it has something to do with some Chinese productions. That that's the other thing too, and, and that's a that gives me a good opportunity here to promote foreign bodies this is uh this is the discussion of horror that's made outside the united states we've got a new episode coming up this saturday right yes mm -hmm. yep yep uh, i think we're gonna be it looks like we're gonna be in finland okay um we uh, uh if you caught our last episode uh we we talked about uh, uh rare exports a christmas tale Yes, and we both really enjoyed Rare Exports. It's, it's again, folks, if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Uh, but fin Finnish horror is uh, um, something we had not really dived into outside of that, and so we're gonna we're gonna spend a little time where it's cold. Uh, <laughs> shockingly, we're already here, um, but right. in the cold parts, but uh, in the Midwest anyway. Uh, Douglas MVPs. is a asking if you've done an episode on Ringu or so J-Horror. We have not done J-Horror. And part of the reason we have not done J-Horror yet is because it's in some ways the most... Uh, of foreign horror, it's the one that most Americans are more familiar with. Now you've done so a we couple, we've we done had, a couple of episodes from Japan. We've yeah, but we stayed away from the J horror from okay. the, from the those particular the, those films Ringu uh, and the like. Gotcha. Um, Ringu with a grudge, that sort of stuff. Um, we will get there. We will actually talk about those. Um, but for now, we're like okay, because to some degree, while I can enjoy those films, I also find them to be not necessarily as interesting to me. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, we come back to damp girls with long stringy hair dressed in white. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't, doesn't scare me. The drinking but, game doesn't apply here. So <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, but the, uh, but the, uh, if you, again, if you folks haven't watched foreign bodies, we actually discuss, the history of the long-haired woman dressed in white, whether she's damp or not, um, and the and where that actually comes from in Japanese horror. Yep. So, um, uh, Leslie and I have a great time. If you're not checking that out, we, we encourage you to do so. Yep. Also, uh, coming up tomorrow, a new live from the bunker at 1 p.m. Eastern. It is a pre-recorded episode. Mrs. Boss and I are going to be talking about Capricorn one. We just watched it over the weekend. And so we talked about that. 
And then on Wednesday, Declan Finn will be a guest. Thursday, we'll be talking about Superman and Lois because it's back. Uh, so we do hope that you tune in to all of those things. Douglas mentions High Tension, a great slasher film from France. We have some. We have some episode. We have two episodes on on France. Uh, we discussed some French horror. Some of it we some of it we quite liked. Um, we did not talk about High Tension. Um, and I'll have to circle back to it. Maybe. Well, yeah. Maybe. We'll, 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 we'll cover it at some point. <laughs> we, but both Leslie and I have issues with the ending. So, um, yeah. but that's another story for another day. Yeah. And yes, Robert, OJ Simpson is in Capricorn One. Uh, James, yep. James Rowland, Sam Watterson, OJ Simpson are the astronauts. Uh, Hal Holbrook is the NASA uh, director. Um, who else is in that? Elliot Gould's in it. Brenda Vaccaro. It's actually, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. So, uh, it's an entertaining film, and it's, most of the time, and 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 looked at it through the modern era lens, it says a whole lot more than it probably ought to. So, uh, so there's that. Um, all right, so uh, social media, you can find us on all of this, all of these channels, uh, the the video platform. We've got a newsletter you can sign up for. Uh, if you are so inclined, you want to throw a coin to us instead of The Witcher, there is a tip, a tip jar there. And if you have material you'd like to send to us for review, there's our mailing address as well. Uh, you can send, send that uh, to us, uh, whether it's a, a film or a, a book or a comic book. We'll, uh, we'll put that in the queue and... Uh, and in the meantime, we do invite you to subscribe and have your notifications turned on because we're broadcasting most all almost every day of the week. Almost we're nothing, nothing on Sunday, but most of the days we're doing some kind of a show. So hope you stick around for that. In, in the meantime, uh, check out the rest of the programs that we've got here and we'll be back to do this again next week. We're going to be talking about nostalgia. Touched on it a little bit tonight. We'll get into it further, deeper uh uh next week so uh uh so be back for that in the meantime uh have a good night and have a good week and yeah yeah <laughs> all right good night everybody good night everybody this has been a presentation of sci-fi for me radio copyright 2022 by flaming dog media llc all rights reserved no portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of flaming dog media you're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio.